Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Hey guys, today's episode features my sister, Jessie Barr. She's a pediatric speech language pathologist in the Dallas area. Her drive in all things personal and professional is championing others to discover what makes them unique and learning how to celebrate that. She's a writer for our Wheatful Wednesday devotional team for Wheat and Honey Co. and loves speaking truth over women, striving to live intentionally, embrace rest, and walk hand in hand with Jesus through the highs and the lows that life has to offer. She's also my favorite sister. I'm so excited to have her here today. Here's my conversation with Jess. Hey guys, today's episode is a really, really fun one. And I say that often, but today is really, really special. I'm sitting here with my sister, Jessie, and she just drove out from Dallas and it's a Sunday morning and we're sipping our coffee and we're really expectant of what this episode holds. We just shared a moment and just came to the Lord and asked Him to use this space. And I'm really excited for you all to get to know one of the most important people in my life. Jess, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. We're here. I've been so excited. Oh my goodness. This podcast has been just the biggest blessing to listen to mm-hmm. and getting to just think about getting to be a part of it has been something that I've been so excited about and a little bit nervous about, <laughs> but I can't wait to see what the Lord does with our conversation today. Yeah. We're really excited. So yeah. just to set the stage for you all, Jess and I are about three and a half years apart And we've always been really, really close. We grew up as really close friends, and we're fortunate to have our own circles of friends being three and a half years apart, but also being able to pull our friends together because we're close enough that we get it. So Jess has always been the sister that is full of courage and independence and a side of sass. (laughs) I've been the sister that is the oldest and... Very type A, organized structure, don't like changes of plans. And it has been so cool to see how the Lord blessed us in those ways so that we can complement one another Mm -hmm. and we can hold one another accountable. And we both have parts of our personalities that make us so uniquely different, but together it feels like we're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. And then we have a younger brother, got to mention Jeff Barr. (laughs) We have a younger brother who is the calm one of the the family. (laughs) So he's the one that kind of holds us to the ground Mm -hmm. while the two of us are going a different direction. So we are a very, very close family. And with season two, I've just known throughout this podcast that I want to bring people in that are a part of my world. And Jess was an obvious guest for me. So I'm really excited to have her here. We went to college, the same college together, but only overlapped for one year year Mm -hmm. at 
the University of Oklahoma Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. We both have on our crimson today. <laughs> Sooner football is back. And Jess is actually living out in Dallas right now, practicing speech language pathology, and came out to join me today. So I would love just to welcome her with a big hug and with our coffee this morning. And I've been thinking about what our topic should be for today. And I was telling Jess this before we got started, but I don't set aside time for each episode to really just overthink what are the questions I want to ask and what are the topics and how do we want this conversation to look. But instead, I really try to pray about the podcast as a whole. I try to create space every single day where I'm just going to the Lord saying, God, this is yours. This is not mine. This is your conversation. It's not about Jess and I. What would you have us talk about? And I was actually getting ready one morning this week and was thinking about my sister and what she means to me and what I see in her that makes her different. And what I really had that was front of mind was Jess is really good at pursuing her dreams and staying very, very mindful of the things that matter to her and doing that through leaning in to Christ and leaning into her friendships and the people that have influence over her and having this radiant courage. So today we're going to talk about that a little bit. And as we get into it, Jess, I want to start by asking you if you could just share what the Lord's doing in your life right now, what He's showing you, and particularly what are a few of his promises for you that you feel him proclaiming over the season of your life right now? Hmm. That is such a good question. It's a big one to start off. It is a big question, but I am here for it. I think everyone can relate to this a little bit right now with everything that's been going on with our world with COVID and all the heartbreak and just unknowns. And it's been really cool to see how the Lord has kind of redeemed that for lots of people and encouraged me through that. And it's still kind of in the preliminary stages of what I'm feeling him pulling me towards right now, but I really just feel him telling me, okay, prepare your heart and your mind because change is coming. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that change is going to involve, whether it's professional or personal, something with relationships. I really, I still am not Sure. But I have been feeling him just preparing my mind and taking that anxiety that I feel thinking about that because, like you said already, I don't love change. It <laughs> Who does? Usually, yeah, it usually just provokes a little bit of anxiety when you don't understand what that's going to look like or what it's going to involve. But he's turned that, and I've felt him turning that into excitement. Mm-hmm. Um I have felt really empowered by seeing how my friends have taken this season in stride and decided to just take a leap of faith and try something new and just listening to this podcast with Mm. the guests that you've already had in season one. I just, I really feel like he is preparing me for something big and just to learn to be more flexible, Mm -hmm. especially with all that is going on in our world right now, just not expecting things to go exactly how I have planned for them to. And he's been teaching me that my entire life. It's a huge part of my testimony. But yeah, I think he's just teaching me to be flexible and expectant and okay with not knowing Mm -hmm. every little thing. And I don't know where it's going to lead, but I'm at the point now where I'm really excited and expectant and not just wrapped up in, oh my goodness, what is Mm -hmm. this? 
going to look like? Mm -hmm. Because it feels like it's going to be kind of maybe a little crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. Somebody, one of my good friends told me a couple of weeks ago that 2020 is the year that we have to let the wind blow us where it does. Mm -hmm. And the more we try to fight situations, circumstance, the more we try to force our will over this year, the more beat up we're going to get. And it was actually Abby Hillis, but she said, you have to be like a kite in the wind Mm -hmm. and you have to be on your knees and you have to be leaning into the Lord and you have to be expectant. And that's our theme for season two is expectant hope. And it goes along with our Advent study that we're all doing together as a community this year to end this year. And I think it goes right with that. We're supposed to be expectant and hope, but not white knuckling Mm -hmm. control and our will, but expectant that God promises us, I have gone before you and anywhere you show up, I'm already there. Mm -hmm. And we never have to be afraid that we are before him or we are in a space that he's not familiar with, but instead he promises, I will equip you. I have called you and I am right here next to you. Yep. Yep. He meets us in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to go back up to surface level for a second because we have got to talk about Palmer. We have to talk about Palmer. So we are a golden retriever family. My parents have now had two family golden retriever boy dogs. And then Michael and I, my husband, got a male golden retriever back in December of 2019. And then Jess got a girl, the first girl golden retriever, and her name is Palmer. And she's the best. And we love her. So I would love for them just to get to know Palmer a little bit. If you can tell us about her personality and all the things that you love about her. So Palmer is definitely the fearless one out of the three of our dogs, Mm -hmm. which is hilarious because she's the girl and you would expect her to be more timid and just wanting to be right by mom Mm -hmm. and, you know, and she's the one who is running, getting mud all the way up to her, the very tip tops of her her legs. Knee-high boots. Brittany calls them (laughs) knee-high boots. It's a regular thing. She's just, she's so fearless. I feel like we could all learn from her. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because she just doesn't shy away from anything. And, you know, I just, she's just the best. She's Mm -hmm. like my little best friend. And Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because I got her in March right before everything got really crazy Mm -hmm. and Brittany kind of touched on this but I'm a speech pathologist and I work in the school system so we broke for spring break and I went and picked Palmer up that Friday evening like first day of spring break thinking I would have a week with her as a puppy and then I was going to figure out how to Mm -hmm. make her comfortable and figure out having a pup at home while I'm working 45 minutes away and as everyone knows (laughs) (laughs) things got crazy Mm -hmm. and we ended up having you know the rest of the semester as e-learning and virtual services and I got to be with her at home for months and months and months Mm -hmm. and it was awesome she now still will look at me and be super confused when I'm putting on real pants to go somewhere because she's like wait what are those where are you going you you're supposed to be here with me Um, So that was a really sweet season because I didn't expect to get that with her. But Mm -hmm. I just had this peace when I went to pick her up. I just knew it was going to be okay. And I knew that 
I was going to be able to take care of her. Yeah, but it, it all worked out how it was supposed to. Oh, yeah. You've yeah. been home with her, and you've had all this time, and you've had every moment you could have possibly had because you picked her up the first evening of spring break mm-hmm. and then didn't go back. And I thought I would have a week with her and then yeah. figure it out from there, and she's been... And now she's seven months old. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Her yeah. and Tucker are about three months apart. And they're the best of friends. They are. They love each other. Yeah, Tucker looked at me when I got here this morning and... Was excited to see me, but then looked right past me like, like where, where's Palmer? Where's my best friend? Yeah. So you talk about being a speech-language pathologist, and I know I touched on that a little bit. I'd love for you to talk more about that, your heart behind what you do. And before Jess started studying to become a speech pathologist, I really had no idea about that expertise, about that industry. And I've learned so much through her and seeing her in that space and seeing her thrive and seeing her help people has been so eye-opening and rewarding for us as a family to watch her step into this industry that we had no reason to know anything about. So I would love for you to share with our community here your heart for what you do and how you've arrived here. And what I mean by arrive is for the girls that are in college that listen or maybe some of our high schoolers or maybe it's women that are just in the middle of a, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. How did you feel called into this space and what does it mean to you? Oh gosh, this is a big part of my testimony. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was in grade school. I just, I wanted to do a little bit of everything and I was all over the board, like just all, all over the place, you know, thinking it would be cool to be a journalist or a photographer or a wedding planner, event planner, Mm -hmm. just no consistency with what I thought I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to do something that involved people and I wanted to leave every day feeling like something that I did made a difference for somebody Mm -hmm. in that day, big or small. So I think I always knew that I wanted to be in a helping profession, but I didn't know what that looked like. In high school, it was, I think, maybe my sophomore year of high school, maybe junior year, I took an aptitude test, and Brittany actually took the same same test. And it sounds so silly when you say aptitude because people think it's, you know, that 15-question quiz that you take it was not 15 questions no it was like a three-day event where 18 hour test you did so many different tasks to see what your strengths were and weaknesses were and kind of have somebody sit down with you and tell you okay these are your strengths and those align with these fields you should look into this so that was the first time I ever heard speech pathology I remember sitting across this big wooden desk from this man who was telling me like This is something that you should look into. Your strengths really align with this field. And there were a couple of other things, too, that I was really interested in. But for some reason, I wanted to look at speech path first. And so I started talking to people and had a couple girls on my dance team whose moms were speech pathologists. And so I got to talk to them a little bit about what it looks like. But I didn't really get much information on the schooling. So I decided, okay, this sounds awesome. I could do so many things with this field There's so many different settings, whether you work in a hospital or a skilled nursing facility or a private practice or a school, home health. I mean, you would never feel stuck Mm -hmm. in a position. You can have so many different opportunities throughout your professional lifetime. And that was really attractive to me. But then also knowing I would be able to leave every day Mm -hmm. knowing that I got to help somebody that Mm -hmm. day. So I go into college and... 
I start, like I declare that as my major, communication sciences and disorders, and just knew that that's what I wanted to do, what I wanted to study, Mm -hmm. but had no idea how difficult it was going to be. (laughs) We had to apply to the undergrad program for two years of undergrad, and that was so fun. I made some of my very best friends through that program, and we got to drive up to Oklahoma City from Norman and get to go to that big, intense campus. Mm -hmm. It was so, it was just a great experience. And then as I progressed through that, I started to realize how difficult it is to even get into grad school. Because if you want to be an independent practicing speech pathologist, you have to have your master's. And so that is really where in college, I was always pursuing the Lord and my relationship with him was always so important. But it wasn't until I started really pursuing that field and realizing how difficult it was just to get into the program that you want to be in and get the opportunity to practice and do what you want to do. That's when he really intervened because like we said earlier, I had this image in my mind of how it was going to play out and what exactly it was going to look like. I applied to schools in Texas because I knew I'd probably want to end back up or end up back home Mm -hmm. in our area And I applied to OU because I loved that program. And as I was waiting for acceptance letters to come in, I just knew, okay, I'll probably have this program, this Mm -hmm. program, and this program to choose from. And the one that I just knew I was going to be accepted to Mm -hmm. was my first rejection. Mm -hmm. And I I still remember sitting in a chair right before one of my classes was about to start reading that rejection letter thinking, oh boy, Mm -hmm. you know, what's this going to look like? Mm -hmm. And it was crazy. He just rocked my world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really felt like I had this visual in my mind that I could just see. It was like this masterpiece that I had painted of what this was going to look like and what my future was going to look like. And I just felt like I could see it getting chipped away. Mm -hmm. And I had no grasp on if this is even what is going to happen, if I'm even going to be able to have the opportunity to go to a graduate program to continue pursuing this. Maybe there's something else for me. But it was the coolest thing because I ended up getting accepted to the University of Oklahoma and I got to stay there for Mm -hmm. two and a half more years with the professors that I had built relationships with that Mm -hmm. saw me through so many things and just really were the biggest cheerleaders. It was just the biggest blessing to get to see the Lord take that and show me, you, yes, you have known that this is what you want to do, but we are going to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And you think that you have this, like you said, white-knuckled grasp on your future and how it's going to come to fruition, but I need you to remember that I'm at the center of it, and we're Mm -hmm. doing this, like I said, my way. Mm Mm-hmm. And his way is so much better. And that acceptance and the two and a half years that I spent in that program were so much sweeter because I knew that it was of him and it was his plan. And it was just the best. Mm -hmm. I, I still think back on those two and a half years with just so much gratitude and sometimes I miss it, which is crazy because it was so rigorous and Oh my goodness, my eye twitched for five and a half months straight. <laughs> it did. It did. That's you know, a true story. Yeah. I just, it was so much, but it was the best thing. Mm-hmm. And just the opportunities to get to love on people in that 
two and a half years with all of the different rotations was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And it really did foster my heart for this field because I graduated and still was like, gosh, I'd be happy to be in any of these settings, mm-hmm. whether it's a school or a hospital or a skilled nursing facility, private practice, whatever it may be, I would be happy with any of it. But I've really had to lean into the Lord just throughout all of it and, you know, continually so because it just, there's always something like everybody mm-hmm. has, mm-hmm. you know, finding a fellowship after graduation and, getting blessed with two amazing supervisors for my clinical fellowship year, getting to learn from them. It's just been so cool Mm -hmm. to see the people that he's brought into my life through that field and the funny stories about the kids that I've gotten to work with Mm -hmm. and just knowing I have this like vague picture in my mind of these big dreams that I know that he's just planted that seed in my mind getting to see how that's going to come to fruition is Mm -hmm. something that makes me so giddy because I love the field so much and getting to work with kids and parents and coworkers and educate them and get to empower these kids and even the parents, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, the field is just such a cool field and gives you so many opportunities to empower people. And that's always been my biggest passion Mm -hmm. and everything that I've done, just helping people see their value and their purpose and what makes them unique, which is funny because it's not even the clinical side of my job, Mm -hmm. but that's my favorite part. Mm. It's the best. So cool. Yeah. We're we're so proud. (laughs) I'm sitting here just smiling as she's talking. I want to speak to the woman that is listening that has a kiddo in their life, whether they're a mom or an aunt, or maybe one of their friends has a little kid or their godparent, who knows. But the woman that has a child in their life that maybe is hearing you talk about speech pathology thinking, oh, this is interesting. What would you say to her that is important to look for with speech development in children? We were recently visiting family and just watching Jess around kids that we love and that we care for and our cousin's children. It's really cool to see her interact and get to speak to mothers about, oh my gosh, yeah, his speech is right on. What would you What would you say to those women that just want to know more and are curious and interested to hear your expertise? Yeah, there are so many things that parents already do that they don't even realize are so beneficial for their kids and just for kids in their lives. Being an active conversation partner with their kids and yeah you can think that their wah for er is cute for a while but knowing okay it's important for me to model those words and expand on their utterances and affirm what they're saying if they're excited about a toy when they're two and they say mommy truck Mm. you saying I see you have a big blue truck Mm. and just expanding on what they have to say and empowering your kid to play around with words and their vocabulary and to read with them and, you know, use those different character voices and make it fun for your kids to just really explore their language and their speech development and having them around older kids to have those models is huge. Mm -hmm. So just being that model for your kid and also having them around other children is so huge. Um, just because it really does help your child play around with it and learn and continue to develop their vocabulary and their 
phonetic productions. Mm -hmm. And usually parents are already so involved and don't even realize it if they're thinking about questions or wondering if their child's on target for their age and gender. But there are just so many different components of speech. So you can always reach out if they're in a pre-K program or even if they're early childhood ages, even you know before three years of age, if you have concerns, there's always a resource, whether you are looking it up online or you can take them to an early childhood school or a private practice. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help and just to see if they're on target because around three years of age is when you should be able to, an unfamiliar listener should be able to understand your child. So if you have concerns, don't think, oh, they're three, they're still so young. Don't be afraid to seek out resources and have an evaluation done on your child because the earlier you get that intervention, the better. Mm -hmm. And you would be surprised how many people have had speech therapy, whether it's for language development and working on that comprehension or working on using the correct pronouns or social skills or social language. You know, it's more than just the lisp or the R production. There's so much to it. And so many people benefit from it. So don't be afraid to ask for that help for your child or for a child that's in your life. We were just with family about, oh gosh, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And our cousin, Joe, and his wife, Jill, have the cutest little guy named Jonah. <laughs> Brittany and I joke that he could be a little model. <laughs> and their daughter now, too. They're both good. They're be. both so, so precious. Yeah. And I got to play with sweet Jonah for a whole evening. Yeah. And he was just so excited to show me his pictures of his friends and his toys and his books and his stuffed animals. And Jill was asking me, how's his speech? Where is he with, you know, where he should be with kids his age? And it was just a really cool opportunity to get to empower her with what she's already doing and getting in the floor with him and playing with him and talking about his toys and his books and just getting to empower her with giving her some ideas on how she can continue to help him in that development and to know that everybody develops at their own pace, but just having ideas of things to do at home is so crucial. Mm -hmm. Just don't be afraid to get on the floor with them and play with them. And, you know, everybody in my field talks about play being the best window to learning. That's where you learn so many of your skills. And it's just, I think, something that's underestimated, the power of play. Mm -hmm. So just having your kids around other kids and you being that model for them with their speech development and their language. And, yeah, just... Not being afraid to ask questions and mm-hmm. seek out those specialists if, you know, you do have concerns. But there are so many blogs out there that are moms who have become speech pathologists and just, you know, people that don't have kids that have mm-hmm. worked with them for a long time that can provide a lot of insight into where your child is, what their age is, and what is expected for that mm-hmm. age range. But, man, power of play is huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's underestimated. Mm-hmm. So you talk about these seasons where you have been in full surrender and trust. God, this is my dream. This is what I want. If I had control, this would be my next step. But I'm just going to take a big old deep breath and I'm going to be still. And I'm going to trust you and I'm going to walk in the direction that you would have me go. 
how do you learn to rest in those promises that God makes us, that he's for us and he's with us and he equips us even in the hardest of trials? And not even in the hardest of trials, but maybe it's in these seasons that we simply cannot have control. How do you learn to rest knowing that God's good and he's with you and for you? I think my first reaction when there's anything in my life that I really feel like it that involves just taking a step back and having to trust. There have been so many times in my life that I have tried so hard to have control over them or the outcome. And God has had to show me, you're feeling this way for a reason. You, I used to always say that I struggled with never feeling like I was enough, whether it was in personal relationships or school and academics or I mean, you name it, anything, just thinking, oh, I always come up just so short. Like I almost make it, but not Mm -hmm. quite. And I feel like I hear God the clearest through worship music. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I heard the song here again, and it says, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? And I lost it because I felt like that was a direct line into my heart of thinking, I was so frustrated with myself over and over again, having to be taught the same lesson that that's the point of the gospel. We are not enough on our own. Mm -hmm. And so often we try to just either take credit for things that happen or truly believe that it was our own doing and that we can make things happen. But knowing that the whole point of the gospel is that we need his intervention Mm -hmm. and that his way is always better. Mm And that it's okay that we have to surrender. Life is so much more full that way. Mm-hmm. And I think having learned that just through those frustrating experiences where I thought like, gosh, why am I not able to accomplish this? Or why did I come up short in this avenue or whatever it may be? Having to take that step back so many times in my life to just acknowledge and lay it at his feet that I need your intervention And I know that your way is better and I know that you're going to sustain me and you can do the most work in my rest. Mm -hmm. That is when I have felt the most at peace, the most excited about something, the most assured in whatever it may be, just surrendering it to him. And like I said, I need that reminder. I blast that song in my car (laughs) To remind myself that we're not enough unless he comes. And it's okay that we have to have that reminder Mm -hmm. multiple times. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be frustrated with that. And I truly believe that that need for that reminder has lessened over the years because Mm -hmm. I know he's going to meet me in the midst of it again Mm -hmm. and again and again. And he wants to. Mm -hmm. And it's made it easier to just step back and say... Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I don't know what he's doing yet in this specific situation or season, but I know it's good. I know Mm -hmm. it's going to be good. And I find so much peace in being an active participant in what he's doing in my life and starting the day with asking him or inviting him into my day and saying, give me the eyes to see what you're putting in front of me today, whether it's a conversation or a step into something or a need. Give me eyes to see that. Give me 
a heart and a mind to accept that and to be ready to act on it and just taking it day by day with him to see what he's doing has been the biggest part of that. Mm -hmm. Just being able to Mm -hmm. lean into what he's doing, trusting in that and being expectant. And there are just so many cool things that you would miss otherwise. Britt, I told this story at your wedding, but when I was in grad school, I was in the middle of a really difficult rotation that took every ounce of my energy. It was one of those days where you get to work scared and you leave scared. <laughs> you're just you're on your toes the whole day. You don't know how long you're going to be there. You don't know what you're going to see that day. And I was just at my wit's end and I was talking to Brittany a lot at that point in time about just needing strength that's greater than my own. Mm -hmm. And she told me to just talk to God about it. Just bring him into those little parts of your day and keep him woven in throughout your day. And so that reminder was huge. I was talking to God when I was running from the first floor to the sixth floor up the stairwell. That was my break in the day to go and do something, relay a message, change a TEP, whatever it may have been. I kept him in my day just throughout the day. And there was a day that I was li- I was driving to that rotation and there was a butterfly that just clung to my window the whole drive. And I'm driving on a main road at like <laughs> that poor butterfly. 45 miles an hour. This butterfly did not budge. It was on <laughs> my window the whole time. And I called Brittany when I parked my car and was like, just talking to her about you know, Mm -hmm. she had really empowered me to go into that week and I felt ready for the day. And you'll never believe this butterfly was on my window the whole drive. And Brittany went, see, if you wouldn't have been talking to God, that butterfly would have just been another bug on your window. But you had, (laughs) it sounds crazy. Another bug on your window. Another bug on the window. But I noticed it and it was crazy because that was right when your partnership with Valiant Hearts was starting mm. and you guys were painting a butterfly oh, yeah. in the Bibles yeah. because that the was women the are butterflies. The women are the, the butterflies. Women that they rescue from the sex trafficking industry that are going through recovery and empowerment and being reintroduced into society are called their butterflies. Mm-hmm. And so you guys would paint them on the, was it the inside cover mm-hmm. of the Bibles that you gifted to each woman as they mm-hmm. completed the program. And ever since then... I anytime I see a butterfly, mm. it's like this symbol of growth and just transformation, what mm-hmm. the Lord can do if you are in communication with Him and leaning on Him. Mm-hmm. And so And what you're able to see. What you're able to see. That you wouldn't ordinarily see. It would have been a bug on the window. Mm. So cool. Yeah. That's something I'm so thankful with our friendship and relationship. The Lord is so present and He is so able to use His people to spur one another on when we're listening and we're paying attention. And like you said, when we're an active participant in what he's doing and we're spending time with him and to hear him, then we're able to take that to our friends and people we mm-hmm. love in ways that we don't even understand. Oh, yeah. God's able to move through us to love one another. And I've actually prayed that before. Lord, I need you to use your people today to love me mm-hmm. because I need to feel it in a very tangible way today. Mm-hmm. And he does. It's really cool to have a sister that you have that with, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was talking to mom the other day on the phone, and 
she said, you know, it's okay to be down some mm-hmm. days because the people that God plants in your life, you're able to balance each other out. Like you're mm-hmm. never usually down on the same day. Mm-hmm. One is strong. True. One is weak. You can mm-hmm. strengthen each other. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think that's one of the biggest blessings is his people mm-hmm. and being able to look around and say, you're surrounded by good people. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. We're richly blessed in that mm-hmm. way. So for the lady that's listening that is thinking, mm, I think I need to be still for a minute. Like I think I might be forcing this a little bit, and the Lord's using Jess and her story and her presence today to remind me, let's take a deep breath for a minute, and I just need you to trust me. What would you say to the woman that is seeking to understand her value and her purpose as she is seeking that stillness and that rest? I think the biggest thing is not being afraid to take a step back. We live in a world where we think that we're constantly having to hustle and bustle and be working towards the next thing. And if we don't accomplish the top three tasks on our day that day, then it was a waste. Don't be afraid to take a step back and just listen and ask God to show you how he sees you. There, just in college, there were a few experiences that I had being on orientation staff at OU where I really realized the power of seeing other people's strengths Mm -hmm. and what makes them unique and how when you fully recognize and embody that, you are a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. And Again, going back to the people, like in that setting specifically, we were each other's champions. Like we championed each other, encouraged each other, highlighted those strengths, and really just leaned into them. Mm -hmm. And I think having people around you to speak to those God-given gifts that you have that are unique to you and being able to step back and reflect on those things and think, I have this gift or these gifts and ask God, how can I use those for your kingdom, for my day-to-day life to bring people closer to you? What are those things? Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask the people in your circle, you know, I'm really, I'm needing to reflect on what it is that I'm meant to do or in this season of life, I'm feeling this tug, but I don't really know what it's towards ask the people around you, you know, what do you see that God has blessed me with that I can reflect on and take in stride and really lean into and Mm -hmm. do something with? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes the biggest gifts that he's given us, we aren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. And other people see it clear as day, Mm -hmm. but don't be afraid to ask. And I know that sounds so weird and I'm thinking, golly, how would I even ask my people, mm-hmm. what are my strengths? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think just coming at a place of, or from a place of vulnerability and letting those people know I'm in this weird season right now where I really am feeling like I need to step back and see what God is doing and how he's working. I want to know what my purpose is and how can those gifts and strengths be used for that purpose. Mm-hmm. I think you would be blown away by Mm -hmm. what people would say Mm -hmm. about you and what they see in you. And you would turn around so empowered 
to move forward with even just acknowledging those gifts and those strengths that you have and seeing now that whoever it is has really spoken that over me, how can I use that in my day to day? And turning it back over to God and asking him, show me, mm-hmm. you know, like just Clark said, mm-hmm. give me a neon sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a neon billboard. I've, I've been asking God for that lately, you know, turning over everything that I have just to see what he does mm-hmm. and asking him, give me that neon sign because I want to do things his way. And know that that's better than mm-hmm. what I'm scrambling to do during my day. Mm-hmm. Just don't be afraid to take a step back and ask those questions to the people in your life and to God and see just yeah. what you learn. Yeah, I think part of it too is spending time to learn about God's character mm-hmm. so that when you ask that question, it's what part of God's character do you just see in me? Yeah that God's trying to make known to this world. Mm. How is he using me? What parts of who he says he is? And he says, what parts of who he says he is and who he says I am do you see coming out strongly through me? Yeah. Because we all have different pieces of his character that he's blessed us with that are just so ingrained in who we are when we Mm -hmm. choose to recognize it. But like you said, a lot of us are so... I think part of it is humility and part of it is that we're just being difficult and we think there's no way that God could use me in that way. And so we don't see it in ourselves. Mm. But when someone else can say, no, Jess, you are courageous. No, Jess, you are dependent on the Lord. And it comes across as you are dependent on him. So you're independent of this world. Mm. Yeah. And it's this beautiful combination of this radiant independence and courage, but it's because Jess is walking so closely with God. But if I don't proclaim that over her and tell her I see that, we don't see that on our own. No. And you don't want to see it because we're not supposed to be prideful. Mm -hmm. And it's not being prideful. It's knowing, nope, I've just been blessed with truly knowing our God Mm -hmm. and who he says I am, and I'm going to walk in this. Mm -hmm. So I want to take a moment, as I was preparing for this conversation today, I felt this huge stirring to pull some scripture in to our conversation. And I want us to take a moment as a team here to talk about a few of these that we've picked together and call out scripture of where God says who we are and how he sees us. So the first one is God says that we have a future And we have a hope because of him and what he's done, sending his son to die for us so that we could know him and live with him forever and eternity. And it's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not to evil, to give Mm -hmm. you a future and a hope. And then another one is he's gone before us. And we talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. This was not a part of the plan, but we did. We mentioned this earlier. He has gone before us. When we arrive in a season of unknown fear, sadness, he's already there. It is not a surprise to him that we are there. And Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Mm. Before we were to be, God knew. Mm-hmm. And he chooses to be in the midst of our world and our chaos. Mm -hmm. He chooses Mm -hmm. to exist there with us and guide us through those things, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Another one we wanted to touch on was Ephesians 2.10, and it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And we just, gosh, that verse screams that we should be brave and we should be courageous as we go throughout these days, just inviting him in and believing that he's prepared whatever is coming Mm -hmm. that day, whatever we're walking in that season, and to walk in boldness and to have courage, knowing that he's prepared those things and he's with us in them. We also so believe that God is loyal and gives his love in abundance. This was a verse that a good girlfriend of mine shared in a study that we were leading together, and it's Deuteronomy 7-9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. If that doesn't ground us Mm -hmm. in wanting to know God and wanting to love him and wanting to trust him because he is loyal and he gives an abundance so that we can be full and love other people in our life in overflow. And because we are full, other people get to experience the love of God through the way that we love them. And the beauty in that is oftentimes there are people we encounter that do not recognize that is God, Mm -hmm. but they later come to know there's something different about the way she approached that circumstance or situation that was supernatural, and I want to know more about it. Mm -hmm. And they're able to come to know God because we love with love. And when I think of the most beautiful people Mm -hmm. that I know, just true beauty, it's the people that just exude that love Mm -hmm. and are just radiantly walking in that. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's the way that they approach things, the way that they speak. They bring so much life to just an average conversation and it leaves you thinking, my gosh, like what is different about that person? Why are they so full? And it's knowing that abundance of love. And one of my favorite verses is Zephaniah 317. And it talks about how God is with us and he takes great delight in us and he rejoices over us with singing. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote a devotional about this for a wakeful woman, but It's such a cool picture. I can't help but think about the really proud parent. Mm -hmm. I think about Papa, our grandpa. Mm -hmm. He stood up at one of my dance recitals and yelled, Go Pooh! Because they called me Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear. (laughs) Yeah. Not to be confused. (laughs) Go Pooh! Real loud. And I was so embarrassed. But as an adult, I think back to that and, and just... Like, that is the image that I get when I read mm-hmm. Zephaniah 317. Mm-hmm. He rejoices over us with singing. Mm-hmm. And he is he takes such delight in his sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And when we approach the day, like Brittany said, with Deuteronomy 7-9, knowing that he is giving us this abundance of love and wants to walk throughout our days with us, mm-hmm. there will be something different. Yeah, And you can teach so many people about the love that God has just by walking in that mm-hmm. and believing it. Yeah. So we're talking about all of these things that God says about us, how he sees us about his character. What are some practical ways that you sit captivated in believing that and knowing your worth regardless of your circumstance? Hmm. I think reminding myself and having people in my life speak over me that my worth is not based on circumstances. Even though I love having my house in order, my car is clean, I fell on top of things at work, 
my worth is not based on those things. And it's so easy to think about those those day-to-day tasks and things that make me feel accomplished at the end of the day. But knowing that my worth is not contingent on those things, even though that's what makes up my day. But when I start my day, when I'm driving to work, and this is the perk of having a 45-minute commute, (laughs) I pray the whole way. I listen to my worship music and I talk to the Lord and I ask him, you know, sometimes I'll pray the armor of God Mm -hmm. prayer over my day. Ask him to give me the breastplate of righteousness and shoes of readiness and just tackling that day with him by my side, literally asking him to walk hand in hand with me Mm -hmm. as I go through my therapy sessions, as I go through conversations with parents, with coworkers, the way I react to things, just truly starting my day, asking the Lord and inviting him in Mm -hmm. to that day with me completely changes the trajectory of the day. Mm -hmm. If I am rushed and just thinking about a meeting or checking my emails and I'm already jumping right into all of the worldly things of that day, my worth is so contingent that day on what I get done mm-hmm. and how I made other people feel. And it's draining. Yeah. It is draining. But when I take that quiet time in the mornings and I invite him into my day and I say, I know I'm not enough. Please meet me here mm-hmm. and give me those eyes to see and the arms to accept and a heart to mm-hmm take those things in stride Mm -hmm. to me that is the most beneficial way to frame my day Mm -hmm. and to remind myself that my worth is not based on what I get done that day or how I respond to something it's helping me see myself through his eyes and reminding myself of all of those things that he says about who we are Mm -hmm. And how he sees us. And it's as simple as a conversation with him in the morning. And reminding myself of what scripture says. And to not get wrapped up in anxious thoughts, but to be still. And to not worry, but to be still. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To just rest in knowing who he is and how he loves me. And asking him to, like Britt said, show that in abundance to through me to other people throughout my day. It's just such a great reminder mm-hmm. that our worth is not worldly. Yeah. And it's so easy to measure ourselves up against who we see, especially in the world that we live in with social media. Just thinking, you know oh man, I can't wait until I have this or I finally achieved this and now it's, you know, check the box and Mm -hmm. move on. But that's just when I find myself really rooted in scripture and I'm taking the time to just have conversation and communion with him, Mm -hmm. those things don't matter. Yeah. So you talk about music and songs being a place where you really feel like you hear the Lord and you can rest in the Lord, and I 100% agree with you on that. I'm the same way. Are there any other environments or things that you do when you really need to rest in His presence? What does that space look like for you? I think, yes, clearly worship is like 
oh my gosh, rocks me to my core. It's just amazing what the power of verses and songs can do and what they can speak over your life in different seasons, especially songs that we've known for our whole lives. And then it just hits different in different seasons. It's like the living word, you know, it's scripture. And there's something about worshiping with other people too, that just makes that so sweet Mm -hmm. and really feels, you just really feel the Lord's presence and kind of going hand in hand with that. I think, you know, another setting that I really feel like I hear the Lord the clearest is when I'm with his people, Mm -hmm. when I'm in community and when I'm sitting with one other friend, I think about sweet Mariah. When I get coffee with Mariah, I feel like I hear the Lord so clearly because she is so rooted in Mm -hmm. what he says about Mm -hmm. us. And she just who she's fire. overflows. Yep. She is fire. <laughs> just she speaks so much life into mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I Everyone. think about, oh, yeah, I think about the people in my life that he's blessed me with that are like that. I feel so blessed by. Mm-hmm. And I know I hear the Lord clearly through them and through you. Because like you said, there are so many times where just a simple comment that is made, Mm -hmm. you know that it's the Holy Spirit and it's exactly what you needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's music or it's his people, those are the times that I feel the most full. So I want to talk to the woman that's in a transitional season. And this is going to be my last question of our conversation. I'm thinking about the woman that's listening to this that's in the middle of unknowns, Maybe she's a little bit afraid. Maybe she's feeling disqualified. Maybe she's having a hard time understanding that she's worthy and that she's seen and that she's loved and that God is for her. How would you empower her to seek the community that you're talking about? How would you empower her to find that peace in her heart and being able to be still and full knowing that God is with her? Hmm. Well, first of all, this hits home. I think everybody feels that way mm-hmm. at some point in life. Probably um, right now. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels that mm-hmm. way. Right? So oh, we're talking, yeah. when I always say speak to, to the woman, I mean <laughs> speak to the wheatful women. Everybody that encounters this podcast, because we, we all are sharing in that feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so easy to think that you're not equipped for something or you're not ready yet. I just experienced this at work. They asked me to step into a position to lead other new speech pathologists. And I'm like, who, me? There's no way I'm ready for this. But what a cool opportunity to get to love on these girls that are coming into this field and that have the same questions that I had. And just, you know, being able to shepherd people through that is something that you'd never feel qualified for, but the Lord equips you wherever you go with whatever you do. Mm -hmm. And if people are asking, why not step up? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, gosh, transitions are so hard. When I think about, I moved and uprooted my whole life from Oklahoma. I lived there for almost seven years and my very best friends are still there. When I moved home to Dallas, It was so exciting, but also terrifying because I knew the need 
for community that I had. And I knew I, I moved here and I didn't have a job yet. I had to find a job and I wanted to find a church community that I loved. Like I had in Oklahoma city. What does that even look like? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think realizing that everybody feels that way, like I said, everybody has those insecurities and those nervous moments of not wanting to step out of their comfort zone to go and meet new people or to go and try this church or to go interview for that job. But just not being afraid to step into those unknowns and to remember that you're not alone and to be in prayer about those transitional times and those seasons, knowing the Lord brought me here and he would not bring me here and then just wipe his hands clean and walk away and say, okay, you're good. He's going to walk you through wherever he brings you to. And just taking the time to be in communication with him and ask him to bring those people into your life and to bring those opportunities, whether it's career or personal, into your world. Just don't be afraid to step into those uncomfortable things. Just know that everybody has to put themselves out there at some point and nothing good comes easy. So don't be afraid to go and sit next to that girl that looks like she might be cool and easy to talk to because it may turn into a great friendship. And like Jansen said on her episode, if you put yourself out there and you feel rejected, so mm-hmm. be it. Mm-hmm. Those aren't your you people, would, as those she Those are says. not your people. <laughs> and it's okay because, yeah. first of all, you're putting yourself out there and you may gain a great friend out of it. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you just spoke some life into that person. Mm-hmm. And not being afraid to just seek those friendships and that community and go for that big career jump or that huge shift mm-hmm. in your professional world Knowing that you're not alone, knowing that God is equipping you and not being afraid to rest and know that we are called to rest Mm -hmm. and we are called to ask Mm -hmm. for guidance, for intervention, for courage. We can walk in those things when we truly surrender it all and we're not just desperately grasping for whatever it may be. So understanding you're not alone. Every single person goes through these transitions. And I'm speaking as somebody that I feel like I'm right on the cusp of one. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what that looks like or why I feel that way. But taking it in stride and not being fearful of what's to come, but being expectant. Yeah. And just having that peace of knowing, like I said earlier, his way is better. In every way. Mm-hmm. And if you ask him to show you what's in front of you, what's coming, how he's equipping you for it, who he's bringing alongside of you, you're going to look up and think, man, I've got some good people. And oh my gosh, look at what he brought me to. Look what he brought me through. You're not alone. And we're called to live independence. Mm-hmm. That's always what allows me to just chill out. Mm -hmm. When I realize, Brittany, you are nervous, your hands are sweating, (laughs) and you are anxious. 
because you think this is about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet Brittany, <laughs> you think this is about you. Can you just take a deep breath and just turn your palms up and mm-hmm. say, God, this is not about me. Mm-hmm. Because the second I do that, And I become dependent and I realize I get to be strong. I get to be courageous. I get to love with overflow because God is good and he is loyal and he is those things through me. Mm -hmm. It is not about me showing other people that I'm that good. Right. It's about showing other people God's that good Mm -hmm. and I'm just walking next to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thanks for being here today, Jess. Oh, so You know, you're one of my favorite people and... It is such a rich blessing to me to be able to sit here in my office with my sister and give the Lord this space to use what he's done in our lives and in our relationship and in our friendship for his glory Mm. this morning. And my hope and prayer is that through our conversation today, he has touched you, that the woman that is listening to this in your space, in your life, in your circumstance, in this moment right now that you know God more because he showed up for you today. And we love you guys. Mm -hmm. Jess is a huge part of my heart behind this community. She's a big part of the reason why I've done a lot of things that I've done, whether it's hosting events or this podcast, her courage and bravery because of her faith has been something that spurred me on and what's happened here. And I am just on fire this morning thinking that hopefully you guys have felt a taste of that. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's such an honor. And it was so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, do you want to know where to find Jess? You can follow along on Instagram to find all of the Palmer pics and follow along with her life at Jess underscore bar. And you can also hear from her through our Wheatful Wednesday devotionals over at wheatandhoneyco.com. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to catch you next time.